You're listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. I never finish a script, but I always come up with like 8 million different ideas for scripts. That's how creative people so, are. So the latest one, the latest one I'm working on, and it's a it's a kids on bikes homage. I don't know what that means. Kids on bikes, like the Goonies, uh, Stranger Things. Oh, got it, got it. Yeah, okay. E.T. I thought a, that was like um, yeah, the new kids on the... No, that's like, it's, it is its own genre now, kids on bikes. Uh, mm-hmm. And it is like a, um, it's an homage to all the like Spielbergian kind of stuff back oh, yeah. in the 80s. So what happens is these two alien beings crash land on Earth. Okay. All right. These they're, they're the last of two warring alien species. Right. Uh, and they have the ability to shape shift, and they also have this thing called the battery. This is a stage. Yeah, uh, play it's a that you'll stage be doing? show. Yeah. Okay. And so they have this thing called the battery. All right. And what it does is it has the ability to like takes whatever it is that you like it sees and it can like make it real. Oh, make it make real. It real. <laughs> uh, and so, like, these kids on bikes discover this crash-landed ship, but they don't see anything else. Well, something follows them home. It follows. Right? And so they go back to their, their, their house or whatever. They have to it's have a bunch sex of, with each it's other. It's a bunch of, yeah, yeah. Like, like it. Uh, it's a bunch of, like, you know, your stereotypical kids. There's, like, the fat nerd. and mm-hmm. you Chunk. Know, there's, the, there's the one that knows everything about everything. There's mm-hmm. his big brother. He's Asian. And then there's, like, the one that thinks he's cool. And then there's a, a, a girl too. I've, I've thrown a girl sure, there. Of she's gonna be she's gonna be kind of like the comic book nerd. Oh, um, and so they're all <laughs> the doing elusive like, comic. They're book all nerd. they're all doing a, a sleepover, and this kid has like you know posters all over his wall, and one is like of Alyssa Milano or whatever. Of course. Uh, and so they wake up the next morning, and you notice like the poster is just a silhouette now. <gasps> Ooh. <laughs> yeah, and so they're all getting ready to like go swim or whatever, and out comes Alyssa Milano or whatever this character's supposed <laughs> like to be. A little weird, and science. they're all like, "Huh? Yeah, yeah." It's totally like awesome. a weird science thing. So this one alien takes on the form of Alyssa Milano and tells them like <laughs> that there is another the, their rival alien force or whatever. Uh, there's the last of them, the criminal that they've been chasing across the galaxies mm-hmm. has also crash landed. Also has the same ability, and we find out that this alien has taken on the image of. Uh, <laughs> of uh, what, what's it, Jessica Fletcher from Murder She Wrote? <laughs> yeah, Angela Lansbury. Lansbury. And so Angela Lansbury, she has the battery, and right now they've got to get the battery back. But she's already used the battery to like create some like underlings to be her her minions or whatever her mm-hmm. force. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so she brings to life Johnny Castle from Dirty Dancing, <laughs> Jareth the Goblin King from Labyrinth, from Labyrinth, yeah. Uh, also, uh, Sweep the Leg Johnny from yeah, uh, from Karate Kid. Mm-hmm. And Hans Gruber from Die Hard. <laughs> of course. And he's like the one that has it all together, obviously. He's yeah. the one that knows it. Meanwhile, these other ones, they're like all just a bunch of buffoons. And they're always like, they always get on the topic somehow because they're chasing after kids. They keep re- referring to them as babies. So Johnny will start going, don't put baby in the corner. No one puts baby in the corner. <laughs> and meanwhile, Jareth will be like, you remind me of the babe. What babe? The babe with the, the, babe the power. The- and meanwhile, like the Angela Lansbury character is like, just stop it. <laughs> and so in the course of the story, uh, the... Um, the the good alien gets taken prisoner, Uh-oh. and but sh- not before she's able to to wrestle the battery out of Angela Lansbury's hands mm-hmm. and gives it to the kids. And before the final act, the kids manage to like create their own force. Oh no! To bring to the, the final battle, Power Rangers or something. And so like, yeah, there's all kinds of like these back and forth, like this, this whole showdown where like Jason Voorhees shows up. <laughs> 
But then, like it's a stage the, production. Then, yeah, and okay. then the, the Hanson right. brothers from Slapshot show up and yes, like beat him down. The Hansons. Uh, we've got a whole bit where like uh, RoboCop shows up. Of but course, then why not? Foley is Beverly Hills Cop. <laughs> throws, throws a banana in the tailpipe if you know what I'm talking yes. about uh, and oh, then no. we've got one bit where it's going to be uh, the Whoopi Goldberg character from the color purple <laughs> oh, it's no. just like the lights come up and we just see her silhouette is sitting in the rocking and chair she, yeah and she nice. talks about how like you know you're, you're going to be cursed until the day you die like it's that's one of her lines and then like the kid's like oh shit what are we going to do and out comes this little man in purple like on a motorcycle and he's like you're gonna have to pure yourself in the in the waters of Lake Minnetonka, <laughs> and it's Prince. Prince, the, yeah, yeah, Purple Rain versus the color purple. Uh, yeah, so like those are like the examples of like they're gonna kind of fight each other, little things that we're gonna see in the course of the story, and then uh, oh, also J.R. Ewing's gonna show up. <laughs> of course, why not? J.R. Ewing shows. J.R. Ewing shows up, gets shot. Oh no! Who and shoots out him? of the shadows? Is Han Solo? <laughs> <laughs> he shot first because it makes sense. Who shot J.R.? Han fucking Solo. So it sounds like you've got a cast of uh, 100 or yeah, so, maybe. like so a you, whole bunch of people doubling. You're going to need a big uh, big stage. So that whole, yeah, that whole, it's just basically the third act. The The costume budget is going to be A lot of costume changes, yep. So yeah, that's what I'm working on right that now. That sounds awesome, man. Yeah. You should, and a stage play, right? It's a stage play. I right, just yeah, want to make sure. Because it so sounds much. like a several million dollar budget It would be a film. great several million dollar yeah, budget film, too. Or animated. Yeah, but, uh, but no, I'm going to try to do it on stage. Not so much a melodrama, not a popcorn tosser. Hmm. Just a comedy. Because uh, I want to kind of throw a little bit of heart in there too, and usually, oh, of course, the melodramas are usually just kind of wacky. Little Dragonheart, is that what you mean? It's a, <laughs> a little, little dra- dude. Did, I was waiting for like Optimus Prime or something to show. Uh, up. Friend of show Howie Eisenhower, who yes. you heard on our Batman and Robin episode. Yeah, Batman himself uh, in your stage production. He must have listened to the Dragonheart episode because oh, no. he gifted me. Sorry, Howie. Some audio clips of Sean Connery saying. Would you mind getting your buttocks off <laughs> yes. my tongue? That's the line that you want played during yes. his uh, in memoriam yes. section at the Oscars. So right? thank you very much, Howie. Rest in peace, Sean Connery. I appreciate that. 2018. Um, so yeah. Uh, so that's, other that's than awesome. I'm working on the uh, working on the play. You're working quite on the, prolific. The, the, the foreigner. I'm prolific. Yeah. Meaning like a fuck you, you man. You've got a, <laughs> you've got your uh, your finger in a lot of pies. You're doing a lot of things. A lot of ins. A lot of outs. A lot of things running around the old She needs head. a man she can monopolize with fingers and dozens of different pies. Oh, but it's sad when a love a affair talk. dies. That's a Vita. You couldn't tell I was trying to do my Antonio Banderas when nope. he tries to sing. Oh, yes. Oh, it, it, and the way. <laughs> Who's worse? Him? Or heem, heem? Heem? or uh, what's his name? Russell. Russell. I would have to say what's his name? Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe. Thank you. Dude, that's, that's a tough one because I think that if you've ever seen the beginning of Desperado where he's singing. Oh, yes. I think he's good at singing in his native tongue. See, that's really good. Whereas Russell Crowe can't sing at all in in any language. In, in any language, his native. Or so I think Russell Crowe is worse. All right, I agree. There, out in the darkness. <laughs> it's even more disappointing because a fugitive, um, because it's such an amazing song. Exactly. And and to hear Philip Quast sing all of the Javert stuff. On YouTube, listeners, go to YouTube, look up Les Mis and, and Philip Quast and anything, but especially stars, is fucking amazing. Yeah, that's the way so it should good. be done. Um, 
Yeah, so there's that. Uh, I can't even remember how we got on there. I was talking about you being prolific, and oh, you're doing a lot of things. And then he went go. off in song, yeah. talking about being fingers of working, working on the foreigner. I got cast in another show I can't talk about right now. Oh, oh, it's a... It's media blackout right you now. You really should tell me that before you tell me things. It's media blackout. <laughs> Did you already like, tweet no, about no, but, it? No, but I could yeah, uh, uh, I've already updated the Facebook page. <laughs> how the fuck did you do that? You're not even conscious. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Scott Pilgrim uh, reference, I was, guys. I'm trying to think of his name. Scott Pilgrim episode. What's his name? Not Wallace. Stewart. Wallace. Wallace. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, I got that. Dude, checked out a movie this past weekend. Oh, you've got to see some films. I got to see a film. Are you talking about the one that we're reviewing today? No. Or, no. Uh, a good film. Talking about a good film. All right. We went and saw Black Klansman. Oh, this is the new uh, Spike, the new Spike Lee, Lee joint. joint. <laughs> yes, and it's outstanding. It's got Kylo Ren and... Um... Yes, it has Kylo Ren. Who else is in and it? And the guy who played the evil husband in The Blacklist. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're uh, talking about. And Topher Grace. Is Topher Grace in this? Plays David Duke. Venom. Yes. Oh, that's Venom. right, he does. When you think Topher Grace, <laughs> I do. think Venom. <laughs> All you people watching that Tom Hardy movie, yep. fuck Tom Hardy. Nope. <laughs> it's Topher Grace. Can't be the OG. Nope. Uh, all right. So no, it was a really good film. I, I recommend it. Um, not if you're a Trump supporter. <laughs> I don't think that'd be a good idea because oh, really? there are a lot of swipes, a lot of a lot of jabs at the Trump administration. Oh, fun yeah, thrown timely. throughout this whole thing. It's really good. Nice. It's surprisingly funny at points. I mean, I guess it has to be if it's about a, right. a movie about a black man who becomes a member of the KKK. So this, this is what I imagine your upcoming show is like, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, and so. Uh, it, it was really good, and then it ends in such a way that absolutely takes the it takes the I don't want to say it, like it takes the air out of the room, but not like because it's bad. It's just like oh, like suddenly it all becomes very real. Oh, interesting. You know, like you kind of lose yourself in the fantastical aspects of this true story, mm-hmm. and then suddenly like you you bring it back to real life, and you're like, oh yeah, this isn't a laughing matter. <laughs> not like, just a movie. Is, yeah, the KKK yeah, is. Uh... This is this is real. They've done some horrible and, things. Uh, but don't worry, Joel. There are good people on both sides. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm, so I'm told. Uh, yeah, so that's what we did. What did you guys do? That's awesome. What did we do? We had a nice you little... Had a, an anniversary. This was, yeah, this was one of our many anniversaries. Um, <laughs> I told Joel, I was like, you have like 57 anniversaries. <laughs> exactly. We're actually celebrating the anniversary of the first time we had an anniversary. So that's... <laughs> it's actually not on... It's a different day. Oh, it's okay. It's not even on the anniversary. Gotcha. The anniversary, but well, yeah, that's fun. You can't do that. Uh, but yeah, we did some... Did some rock climbing, so we're we're paying the price now because yeah. we're all sore. Like we couldn't lift things off of shelves for yeah. about forty eight hours. It's but, one of my uh, favorite Marvel movies. It was worth it. Which one? Rock S- sore sore. <laughs> Ragnarok, Ragnarok climbing. Uh, yeah, we did go. <laughs> yeah. No. So then you went eating in like one of those revolving restaurants. Did that big uh, Wolfgang uh, fuck the, the top of a Reunion Tower? That's right. Saw yeah. the city from three sixty twice. Cool, so seven twenty, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's when I play uh, that that Nintendo game about skateboarding. The, uh, 720 yeah, degrees. 720. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love the sequel. 960. <laughs> 720. The sequel. What are they what? up to now? They're up to like 12, 1280, right? <laughs> well, you know, some t- if you if you want to do 1280p, <laughs> but- <laughs> we're just doing a HD resolution now at this point. Thanks to uh, that's that's t- Tony Tony Hart- Hawk Tony Hawk Tony Hawk. Oh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, that was uh, that's that's we, you're caught up now. <laughs> there you go. And edit <laughs> Bay. 
<laughs> this is the Editing Bay on the Next Wave Radio Network. My name's Joe. It's Joel. And this is where we come to talk about movies. Sometimes a good movie, sometimes bad movies. No matter what the case, every week we will watch a movie and then uh, come back here and talk about it with each other. With you, our lovely Editing Bay listeners, we'll dissect it, try to take it apart, see what it did right, what it did wrong, and then maybe try to cram it all back together mm. and make it a little bit better than it was originally. <laughs> um, Got a workout out for us. Yeah, this week, buddy. we do for this week. This is uh, this was my pick. Nice pull uh, too, and it was it was a weird. I don't know how you edited. I didn't listen to last week's episode. I don't know how you edited that ending where, where I'm like, well, yeah, okay, well, let's do this one. And you're like, funny enough, there's a TV show coming out. I could have swore. Oh, it's about Batgirl. And then there was like swore. 20 minutes of silence <laughs> as we tried to figure out how to rectify it. How this. do you recover from that? Well, and, and, and you couldn't. I was mistaken. I thought... Um... That, yeah, it was uh, Catwoman when, in fact, it's Batwoman that's been recast. Yeah. And a lot of uh, controversy around that, apparently. Why? Why? I guess because... Because her character's a lesbian? It's a gay character. Dude, fuck. They, what the fuck, I though? Don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Fuck it. All right, guys. Well, that's it. If Vocal you've got minority, it, I would say. Yeah. Um. So this 2004's Catwoman, Oof. starring Halle Berry and Benjamin Bratt, <laughs> directed by... Uh, by how do you pronounce it? Pitoff. 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 I don't know if that's how it's pronounced. I'll tell you one but... thing. This guy, Pitoff more than he can chew. <laughs> I had that please, one, yes. I had that one chamber. Please get them out of the way early on. <laughs> it's my my favorite side dish, by the way. Rice pitoff. Rice pitoff. Mm-hmm, a little bit. Uh, this uh, the budget for this was a hundred million. Yes, it was. Brought in eighty two point one, and that was internationally. Like uh, that's just, everything. Just in America, it was forty something million, and then they uh, they doubled it. Wow, I wonder how. I wonder why it didn't do much better than it did. Uh, because it opened up against a couple of other larger movies. Oh, what did it open up against? Oh, damn it! I knew you were going to ask. Here's my thing. Like, I didn't even know what it opened up against. My problem with this movie right off the get go Mm -hmm. is the fact that it's Catwoman, but it's not based on any Catwoman that we're familiar with. Does this even take place in Gotham City? Do we know? They don't. They never say say. because they can't say. They also can't name their Catwoman Selina Kyle Uh because uh, it was a rights thing. Uh, Originally, this was going to be a direct sequel. To uh, well, I guess Batman Returns. To Batman Returns. They were going to have a spinoff with with Michelle Pfeiffer. Michelle rep- Pfeiffer re- re- reprising <laughs> her role and um, also uh, bringing back Michael Keaton for to, for Batman because you can't have a Catwoman movie without Batman without some appearance or at least Which this is a perfect of, example that of, you cannot have a Catwoman. Why you should not without yes. the Dark Knight. So uh, we do not have <laughs> Selena Kyle because of a rights issue. Look at that CG shot of her walking yeah, it's away. Beautiful. Yeah, it looks like it was. Um, <laughs> So modern could have come out today. Three <laughs> D Studio Max. <laughs> exactly. That is, a, you know, you know George sad? Lucas is is famous for saying like, you know, the the special effects thing. But that's not where I'm going with this. Okay. What we know about George Lucas and when he decided to finally make the prequels to Star Wars was he was waiting for technology to catch up. That's right. So that way he could tell the story in a in a visual style. That always that he knew in my head. It would be. And I'll give him this about the Star Wars prequels. At least the special effects are still fantastic in those movies. Yeah, look, most like of them. The yes. space stuff, the ship, like all that. They were the best at the time. At the time, so they're holding but up it, better than Catwoman. But they hold up better than exactly. They hold up better than Catwoman. They were good. In, they were good for what he was putting together, and they're still believable. It was Catwoman. The CG effects in that movie were horrible. Like, like right they out were of the gate, all horrible. It, it was never good, even for the time. It, it, it was so. This is 2004. I think we're right in the middle of kind of the Matrix trilogy being released, and Lord of the Rings. And Lord of the Rings. That's true. Um, but a, a, a lot of the effects feel very Matrixy, and that's not that's not a compliment. I'm not talking about the original Matrix. I'm talking about like Matrix Reloaded and Revolution. Oh yeah, where you've got uh, you know Keanu Reeves fighting a hundred copies of Mr. Smith. And they all just like rubbery. <laughs> Everything Wet looks Willy, rubbery. Mr. Timberlake. <laughs> Sorry. 
but yeah, not very very convincing. So mm-hmm. when we've got Catwoman like running around ceilings and jumping, like suddenly just clearly a cartoon. She's like Gumby. Yes, it's, yeah. it's Who Framed Roger Cat. <laughs> Roger Cabot. <laughs> Who frames Sebastian Cabot? There you go. So this movie does, and I know you're going to, what does this movie do? Right off the bat, what does this movie do that frustrates me? Um, a three minute long opening title sequence where we, we're, we're killing time, basically. You're very close. Okay. Narration. narration. Yep. Fucking narration. And not even good narration. No, and like, it ends with some horrible cliche of like, the day I died <laughs> was, was the day, day I began to live. Uh, who could have seen Shut that coming? Shut the fuck! This I, is it's another... like the Sphinx from Mystery Men. Wrote <laughs> this, this is another fucking one of these. Uh, yes, it's another one of these films uh, that was written by several authors. Several dudes, by the way. You... Several men. Yes, very obvious, and that's one of the more disappointing things overall about this film. And we'll get into it more, but um, it was kind of meant to be, or at least it seemed that way from some of the marketing was... and even some of the some of the scenes in the film. That it's supposed to be kind of a, a rah-rah feminist... Female empowerment, female empowerment superhero movie. Exactly. Finally. Like what Wonder Woman was yes. when finally Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman came out. What Wonder Woman was, that's what I think people were hoping Catwoman would be. That's what it started off being, but... It, and, and it... Uh, no, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm cutting no, you off. I don't mean to cut you off. I'm just... Fine. Like, I'm so excited about the things that I've... Okay, I didn't know I had watched this movie before. <laughs> this is a horrible revelation to make <laughs> mid-movie. I, I apparently, like halfway through the movie, I realized, hey, I've seen this before. I rented this at like a Redbox once when it oh came out. Oh, my God. Um, if, there, if, if there is a Bechtel test, okay? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And whatever the opposite of the Bechtel test is... The female characters in this movie pass with flying colors. It's the Catwoman test. Yeah, the the the, 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 the Catwoman. What? It's, there is never a moment in this movie where like Halle Berry and Alex Borstein, who plays Sally, who's also the voice of um, uh, what's her name in The Family Guy. Um, oh, is she the wife? Yeah, she's the wife. Oh, no way. Yeah, she's... Oh, it sounds like her, yes. There's never a moment where they're not talking about some man. Wow. And impressing some man. She is. Yeah, that chick is, is like a cock hungry. And yeah. Like the entire movie is just one uh, sexual innuendo after the other. Well, not just that, but there's like moments where we're halfway, more than halfway through this movie, and Halle Berry's supposed to have a date with Benjamin Brett. Yeah. And like they're sitting around and they're looking at outfits and they're like, what do you think she's, he's going to like? Will he like me? Will he like the real? I'm like, <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs> there is nothing empowering about what you two are doing right now. In fact, I'm a dude, and this is insulting to me. It's offensive even to me. Yes. You're absolutely right. All of the female characters. But, uh, yeah, especially that best friend Sally, who's just... Even when she's been admitted into the hospital (laughs) where she spends half the film... The first thing she says, she's in a fucking wheelchair. She's like, have you seen my doctor? Yeah, he's He's so hunky. She's, like, hitting on him later on. (laughs) And, like, here Halle Berry has come to the hospital to visit her because she's come down with some illness that obviously plays, plays into the plot later on. Uh, and within two seconds, they're like, well, but tell me about the date with uh, with Mr. Handsome, Mr. Handsome Cop. Played by Benjamin Brett. Yes. Charisma-free <laughs> Benjamin <laughs> you Brett. You know you know your film is going to be successful when you've got Benjamin Brett know, at the lead. He's one of these guys like, uh, uh, we always make fun of Malin Ackerman. Yeah? she's He's like the he's male the, version. The male Malin. Well, like, male, male. <laughs> so she's female in Ackerman. <laughs> And he's male in Ackerman. It's like, why do they keep casting him? He's pretty face. Yeah, dude. But he's like, he's he is what the the rich man's uh, Lou Diamond. Lou Diamond Phillips, Phillips right? Yeah, I'll I guess <laughs> if Lou Diamond Phillips isn't available, they're like, let's get Benjamin Brett. 
<laughs> Nick Nolte and Gary Busey. Same thing. Exactly. Yeah, that was Janice hit me because that was her recast, Lou Diamond and Phillips. I deemed him too old, though. Sorry. Yeah. No. So it's funny that you brought up The Matrix because about 10 minutes into this movie, maybe less, we're, we're treated to an opening shot of the fucking Merovingian from the Matrix, who plays like the oh, that's right. the husband of Sharon Stone? He is. He's uh, obviously the uh, one of the baddies, I would say. Yeah, I guess he's the Macbeth to uh, Sharon Stone's Lady Macbeth. <laughs> put it that way. Okay, that you are you are make you are classing this fucking thing up. Uh, no, no, way not too really. Much. No, it's not. Really. So, knows. so the whole plot of this movie to the Devil Wears Cat Prada. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the whole point of this is like Halle Berry. Stumbles upon, uh, like, a plan to to ship toxic chemical so, stuff. And, like, a scientist is telling guys, like, this isn't good. It's yeah. going to hurt people. And they kill him, and she witnesses it. Mm-hmm. And then they try to kill her, and she falls into, like, a sewer pipe. That's right. And so they flush her out. It's washed away. To the land of cats. Lands up on a little island. <laughs> the where, CG uh, land of cats. The There's Isle of Isle cats. Of cats. <laughs> It's Wes Anderson's uh, inspiration for Isle of Dogs. Yeah, and uh, talking about the the horrible CG, um, bad CG is bad on its own, but it's even worse when it's paired next to like live action. Uh-huh. So they actually had some some live cats or like thirty six cats that they wrangled. Yeah, uh, for this this one scene, this this resurrection scene where she's been killed, um, and she's laying out there in the moonlights. Surrounded by cats, and then the dancing one, with the devil. One cat in the pale moonlight. That's right. One of the uh, one of the cats uh, clearly is not <laughs> the, a real the cat. god cat. That's that, right. Like, they do the close up on. It. He's like, mm-hmm. it's like a Simba from the Lion King, like ascending on uh, <laughs> Pride Rock. <laughs> I want someone to go through and just every time the cat meows. all of this this whole movie, and just every time we see that cat, it's just. Uh, Even better, remember the uh, the the screaming goats that were all yes. the rage on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. My brother finally discovered those and was like texting the family. <laughs> we got a nice little laugh on it, but I'd like to see that sound come out of the uh, the cat. Right? <laughs> <That'd be great. laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, we have this one obviously CG cat surrounded by real cats, and man, it is it is painful. It's laughable. That scene, Joe, they were going for some sort of gravity, I think. Yeah, uh, and this was like a, a there was like Jesus being resurrected. Uh, but no, it's really silly. It's, it's done it is so silly. It's silly visually. It's silly, and then the way that Halle Berry's directed, not just here, but throughout the entire movie now, oh. where they're like, see, the cool thing about Catwoman in the comics, <laughs> yeah. guys, is like, it's not that she's like Spider Man and she's been bit by a radioactive cat, and now she has like the tendencies of a cat, like. It's just a metaphor. <laughs> like, she's a cat burglar, and she's a woman, so she's cat woman. Yeah, there was never this backstory of, like, oh, cats from Egypt who passed down through generations, and <laughs> yes. they can breathe life into you. They can give you special powers. I mean, even though they did that in Batman Returns, it's done even <laughs> believable in its own way. Like, it is better in Batman Returns it than is. it is in this. And I it's actually, kind of along the same line. I kind of like that scene. It's it's very cinematic, and the, yeah. there's a great Danny Elfman score to... to uh, go along with it and even though it's silly and it doesn't really make any sense there's at least a transformation yes you see her go from selena kyle meek humble selena kyle and then she turns into this badass uh-huh. she doesn't take shit from anyone and, and she's this not one, chasing spiders around no. and like balls of twine and ordering cream and like at a bar hissing at dogs <laughs> yes. that are passing on the street yes that scene i had to play that we were re-watching it earlier and i had to rewind. white russian hold the vodka and, and the, the kalua <laughs> 
You mean like, so cream? So cream. Yeah. Just you could just you oh, have any milk. Joe, so many cat puns all throughout this film. <clears throat> it's worse than Schwarzenegger as Mister Freeze. <laughs> That's right. It's so bad from the Batman and Robin films. So, Coming soon to an episode. So this this Catwoman, her name is Patience Phillips. Yes. Uh, not to be mistaken for <laughs> Wilson Phillips. Wilson Phillips. Um, she lives in this apartment building, and apparently it's right across from. Another apartment building where these people have a bar, like, just randomly on the fifth floor. Is that what it is? Of this, yeah. It just seemed like yes, there was... it is. Because when she walks in, there's a sign on the side that says bar. bar. And they also have a bar that she jumps on top of with a tap that she shoots the water, the That's soda right. water That's at the she, speakers she with. She shorts out the speakers with <laughs> yes. that. Yeah. So she's at the window and, like... Discount Lemmy from Motorhead yes! is hanging out by the window, and he's like, he's no, Nick, it's I'm Nickelback. Not. It's the lead singer from Nickelback. Yeah, Chad Kroger. He's like, no, man, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna turn down. So then she like knocks on the door, and he's immediately right there at the door. Sure. It's like, okay, Lemmy, where are you hanging out? <laughs> where do you hang out in this place? Also, how is this a bar? You're in an apartment hallway. <laughs> yes. It's not even marked. She knocks on the door, and it's a bar. She could where see people it are having a window. Yes. Yeah. One. It's you're in a residential district. There should be some noise ordinance going on. <laughs> call the fuck. Call Benjamin Brett. Call your buddy Benjamin Brett. Uh, he could fucking do something. Yeah, about that's this. right. You happen to know a cop that you just met the day yeah. before. He, that would be one of the first things. Like, hey, by the way, these people that live across from me, super fucking loud. Well, they had to set that up as well as they do other things. Uh, the, her boss from the ad agency being one, uh, yeah. so that she can have her her office space moments. Uh-huh. So that after she's been transformed. We do have a little montage there where it's all the shit that she wanted to do, all the people she wanted to sell off. Uh-huh. She she uh, she does. Yeah, quits quits she, her job, tells her boss off, which is weird. She tells off her boss, and then everyone okay. cheers and like claps their hands and cheers. I'm like, guys, he's still in the building. Like he can, <laughs> he's right there. He he's can come back. Right and, in- and I really appreciate your cheers and stuff. But hey, still fired. I just got fired. <laughs> And and so I don't understand this because again, Selena Kyle, Batman Returns. Once she's Catwoman, she is that she's personality. Catwoman. Once she's That's been it. brought back from the dead, there isn't this sort of Gollum duality where she's simultaneously Patience Phillips and yeah. also Catwoman. Like when is she? Is one conscious, cognizant of the other? They never really quite explain it. They don't, but they play with it back and forth. They they spend way too much time on it. Where the dude's like he's doing handwriting analysis. Yes. I like, I like how Benjamin Bratt, like the crime lab <laughs> yeah. at Gotham PD, is like Benjamin Bratt's personal science lab where he's like, hey, I want everyone to now focus on this handwriting. Oh, by the way, I want everyone to focus on this glass with lipstick. Like they right. do this whole thing where this camera swings through and like shows oh. the lab and everybody in the lab is working on this one thing, the glass. I'm like, if this is Gotham. There's no other cold cases? There's got to be other cases where like yeah. they need, hey dude, we need the lab. We need some of these resources for, you know, the, the, the bakery bombing or something. <laughs> There's got to be some shit. You brought up the cinematography and this movie is so in love with its like special techniques. It thinks it's so clever. The push zoom. All the, uh, yeah. That, that push in. Every time we, uh, we come to a new city, we see the building, we have to do a really quick 360 or around it yes and uh even at the end when we were on cat isle they have to do a nice little 3d pan and that <sighs> they do that w- way too many times yes and it's it's yes it was cool in early 2000s nowadays it's uh, i need more substance in my Catwoman. absolutely movie. i think even then in 2004 you're like all right i yeah. got it yeah we we get the spin around there are shot. tgi fridays commercials that have been incorporating <laughs> this effect since the late 90s it's not cool anymore <laughs> dude so is it just me, or did they, like, computer-generated, like, smooth out Sharon Stone's face in every shot? I think they had to, 
so that later when she's uh, starting to get older, we can see that. But she never really looks as old as she actually does. Dude, like, no, they, they, maybe they, she's it, just had a hard 15 years. They since allude this movie to her being 40. She's like, then I turned 40 and everything went downhill. I'm like, okay, wait. So are we saying that you just turned 40 or that you turned 40 a while ago? Because right. you are far from 40 now at this point. <laughs> oh, like, poor Sharon Stone. Sharon Stone was far from 40 when she did Basic Instinct. You think so? Oh yeah, eighties. I think I think Sharon St- in like eighty nine, ninety. I think Sharon Stone was easily forty five, forty six years no. old at that point. Oh yeah, I'm gonna look this up. Let's, and see how old I she want is. you to look it up, man. Hey, speaking of uh, ages, though, it's uh, fortuitous that you picked this movie for today because today, August fourteenth, Halle Berry's birthday. Happy birthday, Halle Berry! She is fifty two. What would you say was her best role? Uh, Flintstones. Do you think that was her best role? Her uh, breakout role in the Flintstones? No. Um, uh, let's see. Well, I mean, like people are going to say Monsters uh, Ball, Monsters Ball uh, but I'm trying to think of something that I saw her in and really appreciated. Did you her like in. her in the X Men films? N- no, she's the worst part of the X Men. Like films, all of them. Of, yeah, like all of them. Uh, she, I, I always thought she was horribly miscast. I always wanted like Angela. Angela Bassett, Bassett should have been Storm. Thank you. Yes. Thank perfect. God they put her in Black Panther. Mm-hmm, so at least mm-hmm. she's finally in there because Storm. I don't know if you know this in the comics. Storm and Black Panther become a couple, like oh, they no are way. a thing. Oh, so it was really great. cool that like Angela Bassett, because everybody, everybody was like Angela Bassett should have been Storm. Yeah, she was great. Did and, she not want to do it? Or was she not fa- offered? I don't. I don't think it was offered to her. Yeah. But Halle Berry in the first one had the weird African accent. <sighs> then she like she jettisoned that for through. the next film. Yeah. Was like, what? I don't even Wait. think she made it all the way through the first film. No. Yeah. She, Kevin Costnered it. She, I mean, she had that, that famous line, you know what happens to a toad when it Oof, gets struck by lightning. So bad. Same thing that happens to everything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, maybe uh, maybe that James <laughs> Bond movie. As Jinx in Die Another Day. Was, uh, I liked that. That may be my favorite. She was still a little rough. Halle Berry role. Well, this is what I'm saying. I'm trying. I really am trying. I'm racking my brain to see. Let's let's look at her her oof. Her oof. Mm-hmm. Halle Berry. <laughs> and then we'll look up see what movie she was in. <laughs> <laughs> so first, Swordfish. <laughs> oh, Swordfish! I forgot she was in that. Yeah, no, she was horrible in that movie too. <laughs> but her tits were fantastic. Halle Berry. Gothica. Mm. Cat Woman Die Another Day. That's what I'm thinking of. Die and then, Another uh, Day. Monsters Ball. Oh, she's in John Wick 3. John Wick. Wait, did John Wick 2? Oh, yeah, John Wick 2 did come out. Yeah, it sure did. It's fantastic. She was in uh, the Kingsman sequel. I haven't seen that. No, I have not either. You haven't seen the first one or you haven't no, seen I haven't the, seen either. the second one? Yeah, the first one's pretty good. either of them. Yeah, X-Men, X-Men, X-Men. <laughs> the Call. Oh, yeah, where she plays like a 911 Dude, operator. the WWE produced movie. W- was it really? Yeah. Oh, she's opposite uh, Tom Hanks in Cloud Atlas coming soon to an episode <laughs> of the editing bay. And speaking of uh, the Wachowski brothers of Matrix fame. It's just the Wachowskis. One oh, of them that's had right. My bad. Sorry. Don't do that anymore. The, the Wachowskis. Mm-hmm. Do we even recognize What else them is she in, man? There should be a whole list that you're looking uh, at. Their eyes were watching God, X-Men 2, <laughs> a limp biscuit behind <laughs> blue eyes. What? That doesn't make any sense to me. Swordfish, Monsters Ball. Introducing wow. Dorothy Dandridge, um, 1999. Welcome to Hollywood. It. Yeah, man. Bullworth. Why do fools fall in love? Wow. Frasier? Did an episode of Frasier? Dude, apparently. I am beside myself on how this woman has sustained a career in Hollywood. Well, uh, she hasn't. If you looked post-Catwoman <laughs> films... Uh, I think this uh, kind of kind of killed it, for yeah. Her. Or yeah. at least put a serious dent in her reputation. A Harvey Dent, yeah. <laughs> also missing from this from this film, non Gothic city. It Gotham would have been city. it would have been awesome. Mm-hmm. So, um, all right. So, at one point, just to get 
because we've all heard the phrase save the cat uh oh, yeah. they literally tried to have Halle Berry save the cat <laughs> yes in this movie so Joel I'm asking you this if if you're living in like a seven eight floor apartment yep and uh, and you, lo- you look out your window and you see there's a cat like two or three like window sills over do you climb out I might call 911 you know I might yeah. get the landlord on the phone and be like hey straight cat is anybody missing a cat I might jump uh-huh. on my next door app and see if anybody's yeah. uh, missing right? a cat but I'm sure not gonna risk life and limb for, uh, for, for a, a feline the cat got there on its own, mm-hmm. I'm sure the cat will find no, a way off. Cats are nimble like that. Cats are quick. Ju- <laughs> cats jump over <laughs> candlesticks. <laughs> <laughs> like, later in the movie, you've got this whole moment where Halle Berry jumps out of a fucking fifth floor window, uh-huh. lands on her feet, and gets, like, grinded up on by a car. Yeah, she does. So we're supposed to believe that a cat okay. itself just couldn't do that? This is <laughs> Well, this is my problem. We're, along with her having, like, this dual personality now... She, we're also to believe that she has like superhuman powers. Like this cat has endowed her with the ability to to jump, leap, leap yeah. tall buildings in single bounds. Yeah, yeah. She has the proportionate speed and strength of a human cat. Okay, of a Thundercat, if you will. But but only she's on the move. Only which only when she's in Catwoman form, right? When she's patient. I think Phillips. she's always in Catwoman. That wasn't she, made clear enough to me. This That's, is my problem. You know, I have the same question. I don't understand that. I don't understand why they did the whole duality. Because she's always Catwoman. Like, when they're on the Ferris wheel, uh, because obviously something bad's going to happen on the Ferris wheel. That's right. Pitoff has seen Beverly Hills Cop 3 <laughs> and was like, oh, I remember that scene with the Ferris yes. wheel. Let's have this happen now. <laughs> and so, yeah, the Ferris wheel breaks down and some horrible mother put her son on a Ferris wheel by himself. Alone. Yeah. Yeah, in this rickety old carny operated And so it's uh, it's falling apart. Benjamin Bratt climbs down. And is trying to help, like, fix the, the mechanism or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the Ferris wheel breaks apart. And Halle Berry jumps to the rescue and saves this kid. Mm-hmm. That should be your first fucking clue. Like, obviously, if you're Benjamin... <laughs> Benjamin Bratt's the worst detective. Well, I was going to say, he's a fucking world. detective, too. Yeah. Like, this is him putting clues together. Also, he spends a lot of, like, close-up FaceTime. With that, yeah! With both Patience Phillips and then later Catwoman. In the theater with Catwoman. Yes, when they're uh, the, when they're fighting on the catwalks. How about that, On Joe? the catwalk, It's yeah. like somebody did a Google search for the word cat. All cat. And all things that were associated with cat. Had, had the crazy cat lady in here? <laughs> we have the crazy cat lady who's got, like, 36 yeah. cats hanging Except around Except they house. never went to Katmandu. They, <laughs> they should have gone to Katmandu. Oh, saving it for the sequel. That's, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> 20 years later, we finally get that sequel Never to Catwoman. Uh, but yeah, we do have that crazy old lady, Ophelia, who lives in the house from up. This little, this little house that's apparently in the middle of the city. Uh, yeah, right. It's surrounded by the tall it's buildings. Surrounded by tall buildings. Eminent domain. She's like, holding out. I was like, is there a bunch of balloons going to come out of that fucking house? Uh, so yeah, she's got a shit ton of cats and that's how I know this is a work of science fiction because the first thing Halle Berry does when she walks in isn't, oh God, like this smells. She doesn't do that. And if, if you've got two cats, your fucking home is going to start smelling pretty bad. It smells in this room and I have one cat. Yeah. And I cleaned. This chick has 36. Mm Mm-hmm. But Midnight's the In a best. row? Midnight never... <laughs> I'm 37? Uh, midnight never brings home strays. That's right. <laughs> Except this time. She fucking puts catnip. She gives her fucking catnip, so Joel. I, so, I, we were talking about Halle Berry, maybe not being the strongest, strongest actress, maybe uh, not having a, a huge film career to back up. But I think she's fine in this film. I think the problem is the things that she is asked to do. 
Yes, the hissing at dogs on the street, the uh, the rubbing her face in catnip. Like when she, anytime she she starts to act like a cat, she's walking around her apartment like she's sleeping up on the rafters. Yeah, and she's walking like on the backs of the furniture, like the couch, and she's crouching. It's it's really embarrassing. The things. One that, of the powers the we're not talking about that she gets from the cats is the ability to cut her own hair like Edward Scissorhands. You <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> That transformation, so we have the actual transformation, and then we have the, the, the prerequisite makeover that has to happen where she cuts her hair. She's sassy now. She's got her, her sexy outfit made the, of leather. And they should have been playing Right Said Fred when she did that. Nice. And just playing the whole, on the catwalk. Right? Yeah, on the catwalk. I, probably even he would not give up the rights to his song after watching it. Man, oh, this uh, had a rough... Uh, post-production process. Did it? They had some reshoots after a, an abysmal this one? focus group. No. Uh, not, not even the focus group for the actual film. They had released a trailer that they had to pull like days after its release because it was being ridiculed by YouTubers. Oh, no. Yeah. They were so embarrassed of it and had to recut it. And for all their efforts, this is one of the worst edited films we, yeah. we have done on this show in a long time. Sure. Uh, how would you describe the editing in this film, Joe? If I put you on the spot, uh, I would I would describe it as minimalist. Oh, you <laughs> think so? There's minimalist because they they let scenes play way longer than they should. Okay, they keep ah, on. Yes. they stay on shots way fucking longer than they should. Like, oh, you think so? Oh yeah, I think I think that they um, they switch to single coverage at very awkward moments. Yes, where I'm like. Why Why are we covering this? Almost like they didn't get a clean shot of whoever's delivering the dialogue. Yes. So we kept going to like weird reaction shots. And they're always really awkward. Yeah. Um, that's I, I that's thought, what I noticed. I thought the editing was way too frenetic. I thought they were cutting way too much. Yeah. I think we're, we're saying the same thing. You're talking more about content. I'm talking about, um, yes, those awkward cuts, the reaction shots that you're talking about. Uh-huh. We're going back and forth. There's There's some subtlety to when you, like when two people are having a conversation, the the amateur thing to do is to want to see the person talking every time they're talking. Yeah. But what you need to see is the person listening to them even now, every now and then, especially when they're saying something important. Uh-huh. This one does not do that. If somebody that is, is subconsciously line, driving home the point of what it is they're saying. Exactly. But every time somebody is talking, every time lips are moving, you are watching that person. And so it's, go, it's, it's ping pong going back and forth. And it's really jarring. And coupled with that is just the way this, that this is shot. Mm-hmm. Everything is like super close up. It's in your face. Like it's it's literally just like chin to forehead, like filling the frame, uh-huh. and your eye can't dart back and forth fast enough to keep up with the action. Yeah, it really. And then there's the infamous uh, basketball scene, <laughs> which is nigh unwatchable. Like it's this film so, is almost unwatchable. Dude, in I never thought in my life I would see something that would make the Matt Murdock and Electra fight in the uh, playground <laughs> from, from Daredevil. Daredevil look like art. Until I yes. saw this. Yes, that was at least kind of like choreographed, <laughs> and uh, they were doing some wire work on the yeah. seesaw back and forth. It was at least watchable. You, you could understand the story that was being told visually in that scene. In this, I had no fucking... One, I had no clue what the fuck was going on, and it was pointless at the same time. Like, what little kids on a basketball court are going to go, hey, how about some one-on-one? Hey, 40-year-old you woman. guys. Yeah, exactly. What? We're that- just going to stand around and watch in awe as you do these uh, death-defying stunts. Uh-huh. But uh, we don't want to play. Uh, again, this didn't tip the detective off at all that this could possibly be Batgirl. Not until he stepped out, stepped on her fake diamond nails yeah, or whatever. Yeah, And also, why are you leaving that out? Like these diamond yeah. nails that you use, you just leave it on the ground. It's a real sloppy work, Catwoman. Yeah, come on. Clean up after yourself. I thought cats cleaned up after themselves. There would be, 
I would have less of a problem. I'm going back to like the performance. I used, you know, you got more of a problem with the way she was directed, and I do too. Uh, had she played this whole thing, because there's a point where right after she has her makeover and she's in like the leather outfit and she grabs the motorcycle and goes to like the jewelry store or whatever and stops the robbery. Right. She plays it like Eartha Kit in that scene. I don't know if you yeah. realize that. She's like, how perfect. Right. And there's a part of me that like, had she played it like that the entire movie? I'd have probably dug her character a lot more than I end up like. Like, I thought that outfit looked great with the mask. Looked really cool. It was stylish, a little understated. Uh, but then she, like, transitions to the weird, like, sliced up pants and, like, the crossover yes. bra. And that really awkward cat mask that she's wearing. <laughs> so it's, like, half S&M. But then, yeah, they you can tell that it was probably in her contract she couldn't cut her hair or didn't want to cut her hair. Yeah. Well, although they cut her hair halfway through the movie. Whatever, you can tell that her hair is like tucked it's in. all tucked into that mask. So there's there's much more like forehead and then the ears. And It's stupid listen, as fuck. It looks ridiculous. It's embarrassing all around. And like they don't even try to explain like where it came from. Yeah. like wh- It just shows up. She's just wearing At it. At least in Batman Returns, we have a nice little sewing scene where we see Selena Kyle like actually constructing stitch work. Well, and beyond that, when we talk about Batman Begins and like why Batman has the, the, the things on his head... Their antenna for his radio. Exactly. Like, that's... It makes sense. They're practical. There's no reason for her to have, like, these big ears on her head just because... Oh, because she's Catwoman. Mm-hmm. And, and who... No one's going to name her that on the nose. Like, you know the real world. <laughs> like, there is no way. Like, someone would probably call her, like, Alley Cat. Yeah. Her name's Alley Cat. It's actually kind of cooler. And the whole time, like, she's like, no, it's Catwoman. I love Whatever, you, Alley Cat. I love when you hear the two, like, beat broads, uh, or uh, uh, the beatnik... Um, they're like the uh, the newspaper writers, and they're talking about <laughs> what do we call her? Call her a cat girl? No, how about cat broad? Cat broad. <laughs> like they they're jumping past Catwoman to make a joke that isn't funny, frankly. No, it's it's not funny at all. Mm-hmm. So 2004, a lot of uh, I noticed with the technology, like we used one of those um, one of the devices we use in this movie is the old. He leaves a message for her on the answering machine, and she <laughs> listens to it while it's being like something that we don't have now. Like this is not a thing that we experience anymore yes. in our cell phone smartphone society. Uh-huh. There, we unless you're 68, there is never a chance that you're going to have someone try to call you, and you're going to listen to the message in real time while it's being left. Also, in that same scene, while the dude's leaving a message, we see on her bar in her kitchen an old CRT TV, <laughs> like the tube and stuff. And I'm thinking, 2004, did we still, was that still, uh, like, prevalent? Yeah, may, maybe believable. I guess that's... smartphones didn't really hit until 2008. No, it was 2007, 2008, it was 2007, yeah. 2007, 2008. Uh, but, yeah, but HD TVs had been around since late 90s. Maybe not as uh, ubiquitous. And I guess she wouldn't have one. Yeah, probably not. Not okay. working at an ad. You know what? I'm going to eliminate that note. <laughs> Just cut that part out. That's Jeff. one strike. No, that's one strike. I'll take back. No, no. I, I think it's. I think it's valid. I think uh, there was that 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 time. We'll never not have touch screens again, right? Mm-hmm. But there was that time between you know mid '90s to mid 2000s where uh, we had flip phones and yeah. uh, still a lot of CRTs everywhere. Okay, not a lot of touch screens. Um. We, we're not we're not really talking about the story of this movie. You want to sum because it up? There's there's very little. Yeah, <laughs> it's very it's easy to do. Not very cohesive. So so Catwoman or Halle Berry gets like killed, quote unquote. Uh, she gets killed and then brought back to life by these cats. She's killed by this cosmetic company. Yeah. That wants to keep under wraps the fact that their product 
is toxic to people. And there's actually like a famous actress who who is like, <laughs> like the, the 3D model, model, the face 3D yeah. model. I can't remember her it's name. A P- a Missy Peregrim is her name. Yeah. yeah. Like I see her all over Apparently the place. Apparently this was like her feature film debut. And she wasn't even in it. It was just like a, model, just a model of her face, face on a TV screen rotating. Like the whole time I'm going, and it's I all like face. scarred up. Like she's the after photo yeah. of what happens after you've taken this too long. So apparently, or that, Missy. apparently that's something that can happen if you take it too long. Or you turn into Sharon Stone. Or she seems Who has fine. like rock face. Is it her face or is it her whole body has become like, like rock? I think hard. it's just her face. There's a nice scene where uh, she's having a, a domestic dispute, if you will, with her husband, uh-huh. and her husband rears back to slap her, and it and it and it it's like stone. It's like hitting uh, yeah. rock. Yeah. So I don't know. Was that a character from Dude, any standalone Catwoman? Fuck if I know. <laughs> All I know is that in this movie, you've got Halle Berry as Catwoman, who's trying to exact her revenge on the guy who runs this cosmetic company, who happens to be the, the husband, the Merovingian, of, uh, uh, the husband of Sharon Stone. That's right. Who they both they both co-run this company, and you find out like things are a little rocky between the two of them. Mm-hmm. So like she goes to his house where she meets up with Halle Berry, where they end up, or she meets up with Sharon Stone. They end up fighting a little bit, yeah. and then they have this weird like they literally have a cat fight. They, they have a, well, they have a cat fight, but then they have this weird exchange, this dialogue exchange. Where they're both talking to each other like they're two seconds away from just fucking each other. <laughs> it's just a little Didn't that, like, it's, some it's, tension there. Like, yes. Sharon's was like, you want to find my husband? <laughs> He's the one. Yeah, he is the one I want to find. I'm like, why the fuck are you talking like this? Why are you talking all sultry back and forth to each other? So then Sharon Stone gives her the location of where her husband is. Mm-hmm. Catwoman goes to go after him. Obviously, Sharon Stone is called the cops, though, because like cops come bursting in the door or whatever before she's able to, to kill him. She runs, heads out, goes home. Apparently, Sharon Stone gave her a phone, and when the phone rings, right. like she looks at it, and there's a screen, and Sharon Stone like turns towards the phone. <laughs> like She knows when Halle Berry picks it up. She yeah. turns towards the phone, and she's like, Pick up, it's me. <laughs> like that's not how phones work. Nope, not in 2004. <laughs> not in 2018. Never. Phones don't work that way. So Halle Berry picks up the phone, and uh, St- Sharon Stone's like, "You know, he's here. Come get him now. You can get him." And so Halle Berry gets there. Merovingian's dead. Yep. He's already dead. Sharon Stone's killed him, and she's like, "Yes." And then she throws the gun, and she's like, "And you're holding the smoking gun," <laughs> and hits like the uh, the alarm. I'm like. Why all this? Why all this subject? You could have just taken care of her. You could have, like, as soon as she walked in, don't even explain it. Yeah. Just be like, there you go. Well, she not explaining it. it for her, Joe. She's explaining it for the audience. Well, thank God maybe, she's doing that. Maybe that's something the focus group didn't pick up on. So Sharon Stone, in, like, the, the second half of the third act, turns into our big bad villain. All of a sudden. There's no history between the two of them. They've never met each other before then, like as as Patience and the Sharon Stone She character. just needed somebody to... Uh, Someone to fight. To pin the the murder on. But and then he has to be a nemesis. It's such a stupid... Like, and, and we'll say it a million times, that you have to have a strong villain to have a good hero. And that there has to be... It has to make sense that there's animosity between the two of them. It makes no sense. It would have worked a lot better if, if she were... More sympathetic than she even ends up being. Like, you know, she, she's being cheated on. Her husband's traded her in for a newer Which model. Which they kind of try, mm-hmm. but then they give her, like, the weird mutant rock-hard face thing, <laughs> yes. and she's talking... All, and so you know, well, because she's Sharon Stone, and because d- pff, this movie's played everything on the fucking nose already, we're going to make her the villain, Oh yeah, ultimately. Yeah. And I don't like that. I don't, and I know that's stupid to say in the in the face of this whole movie that's just garbage and ridiculous. <laughs> that I was expecting them to be better instead of giving us two women fighting each other at the end. Like, 
I don't like that. I don't like the message that sends. That's their version of female empowerment. Women need to fight each other. Exactly. Like, I kind of would have liked it better if Halle Berry fought the fucking Merovingian at the end. And saved the woman from the relationship. Exactly, yeah. Or or maybe Sharon Stone found the the strength inside of her to to Mm -hmm. come back from that. But yeah, nope, this isn't that type of movie. Yeah, because it wants to have its cake and eat it, too. It wants to be like female empowerment. This This isn't a Superman. This isn't your dad's superhero movie. This is for girls, for women. Um, and yet we're doing like really sultry 360 degree shots around Halle Berry as she's walking, like just totally sex- over-sexualizing Over-sexualizing. Um, and kind of sexualizing cats. Ooh, yeah. The, like, I think so. didn't you, didn't Sexy cats Didn't you think, here? like, I don't know, like there was this weird thing about like when it starts raining and Halle Berry like takes Officer, ah, officer Boner underneath the fucking... <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what he is. He is, basically, he is Officer Boner yep. throughout this entire movie. He is being led by his cock the entire fucking film. She and she takes him under the awning like she's scared of the rain. Mm-hmm. And again, bringing us back to like that she's mimicking the behavior of a cat. She's part cat now. Yeah. Thanks, it, thanks Midnight. That's weird. It's so weird. It's so dumb. Um, so yeah, Sharon Stone hits the alarm and all the cops show up. Benjamin Bratt even shows up. Oh, yeah. He's, like, he's just, there. He just... What, is he answering every emergency in Gotham just in case it's, it's Catwoman? It's not Gotham. It's not Gotham. We can't say it's Gotham. Okay, I'm sorry. Not Un- Gotham. Unofficially. Unofficially. Running around, not Gotham. <laughs> Dude, there's a there's a point in this movie where she's she's on a date with him, and it's after they had their fight in the, the theater, and they're having dinner or whatever, and he comes back, he sits down, and she's like, so tell me about the one that got away. Oh, right. And like, I'm, I'm, I'm imagining... Like, Oh, well, she looks like you. <laughs> like, she's she actually kind of, uh, she sounds like you. She sounds like she looks just like you. Could be you, actually. By the way. Mm-hmm. Hey, come with me. We're going to go down <laughs> to the PD. I'm going to ask you some questions. Where were you two nights ago? Right. At 10 op- yeah. And then he helps her break the law anyway. He's like, if, you show, if you're back in your cell before morning. That's right. No one will know. No one will. I'm like, how do you know that? Do you, do you know that for sure? How about that scene how she breaks out of her jail cell? Where she pulls a fucking X-Men where the guy goes through the fucking bars? <laughs> she does. How does that even work? Because she sees the cat do it. So the cat breaks in through the... Oh, by the way, I love how prisons in movies <laughs> always are conveniently located with like a, a billboard like right outside that's going to have yes. some pertinent information to the plot. Yes, it's going to motivate. Really let the, yeah, the character think about and sulk into. Uh, but yeah, the the cat comes to rescue her. It's midnight again, right? Coming yeah, back to it's always midnight. It's her muse. It's uh, every time something happens, it's that cat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and you know how cats can kind of like shimmy through little tight uh, areas. Yeah, and that's exactly what she does. She kind of like dislocates her shoulder as she's uh, sliming out but, of the. But her head. I, yeah, they don't her conveniently. Head. They don't show that, do they? No. It's. Ugh. That's all. That's really <laughs> all, all the notes I have on this movie. Yeah. Uh, I think that the story in itself is weak. I expect better, uh, especially in 2004. I'm trying to think what else comic book wise had we already gotten Batman Begins uh, at this point. I think Batman or that may Batman, have been the same year. Maybe Batman Begins came out a year later. Yeah, maybe a little bit later. It seems weird they would have two properties two like Gotham that. stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm just like I'm just saying if this came out after Batman Begins. That's really disappointing. Batman Begins 2005, so, okay, so uh, in we, production at the time this was out. Dude, could you, imagine, could you imagine the sweaty brows like after the performance of Catwoman? Oh, right. And then imagining like, this Batman movie. Get like, it out of there. Maybe we shouldn't do this, guys. Yeah, well, maybe they should have gotten a Christopher Nolan to direct their film instead of Pitoff. Pitoff. One name. It's not even a real fucking name. And it's of course not? he's this no, <laughs> it's like Christophe. It's all he's all French. He's one of these French. Like I didn't even know he was French. Oh wait, what was the name of that director who did the cell? 
with, uh, with oh uh, yes with Jennifer Lopez. One he was second. a one named a one named director too. Mm-hmm. Tartoff or something like that. Something like that. Tarsum. Tarsum. Tarsum Singh. <laughs> and that goes for Mick G too. Remember him? Oh I yeah. Those one name Charlie, directors. Uh, Charlie's Angels. Yeah. Yes. Which Coming was a way soon. more fun film than Catwoman. Coming soon to an I episode. I mean, it's not really raising the bar very high. <laughs> But there you go, man. Yeah, at least it's not. A, well, do you know the Rotten Tomato scores for this, by the way? Yeah, I do. Uh, it's it's embarrassing. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but you know wait, what? What was the critic score on? I, it? Well, I'll I'll say this: uh, the audience score was double that of the critic score. Okay. Unfortunately, the critic score was nine percent. <laughs> so the audience was eighteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> that feels about have, right, man. Yeah, I have the critic score here. I like that it got a three point three out of ten on IMDb. Oof. You yeah. never, you rarely see anything lower than five, even on IMDb. That yeah, seemed dude. to be pretty generous. Even I think even Masters of the Universe. I think even No Holds Barred <laughs> no. is a higher than. Surely you just look up what what does what does No Holds Barred have on IMDb? Let's find out. This will be fun. No, uh, is it even on IMDb or they disavowed No Holds Barred 1989? Hulk Hogan. Listen to our No Holds Barred episode. I'll have to repost that at some point. We're gonna, I'm going to challenge you. Next episode we do. Mm-hmm. You're not allowed to say. Coming soon to an episode. No, okay. Uh, and you, well, Impossible. No, I, you, <laughs> failed. Already failed. <laughs> I'm telling you right now. What do you got? What, do you, what does it say? Um, 4.3%. Better than Catwoman. <laughs> now, would you say on the Joel scale, wow. is No Holds Barred better than Catwoman? That's really tough because I don't want to... Uh, I, I would probably watch Catwoman again. Wow! Sit through that because at least there's... At least there's what? There's some visual... There, there what? Are, there are some nice visual shots. When? Every now and then. Uh, Name one. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's... They're, Do they're I not, need to get an hourglass? They're not technically... Like those those shots I was talking about where the camera's whipping through... <laughs> they're not uh, bad. They're, they're just not overdone. technically bad. It's, it's just bad decision making. Everything about this film was a bad choice. From the <laughs> casting to the script to the story that they were telling. There's There's... Nigh irredeemable qualities about yeah. this film. You don't talk about a bad choice. Mm-hmm. I uh, I tried to go check out a show in Deep Ellum this past weekend. Oh, fun! On Sunday night, Sunday night in Deep Ellum, I figured it'd be empty, right? I wanted to check out uh, Ninja Sex Party. Oh yes! Um, oh, at the uh, the at the bomb factory. The bomb factory. Love Sunday that night, man. Mm-hmm. I get there and school night, and and there's a line that starts if you know anything about Deep Ellum this is more for people that live locally yeah sorry there's a line that starts listeners. at Crowdis and Commerce and it travels down it travels uh, east towards Malcolm X then you take a right and it goes down two blocks to Canton so I walked two blocks to Malcolm X turned right walked another block and a half Jesus. to Canton then turned right again to walk two blocks back to the bomb factory I've never seen it that's yet. how long the line was on a Sunday who is this band Ninja Sex Party yeah uh, what is they're that? like a spoofy band <laughs> okay uh, that sounds about and right and one of them is on a, a YouTube channel called the Game Grumps that I like to watch oh yeah you yeah, mentioned them they're, they're, they're really funny but I was like yeah let me go check out this show worth it Jesus no dude I, I as soon as I got in I got in the merch line grabbed a shirt while I was in the merch line which was only a quarter as long as the line that I had st- stood in before <laughs> I got to hear they hit the stage. I heard two songs mm-hmm. until I finally got to the front, bought my shirt, and fucking just, left. Just bailed. I was like, I am fucking out of here. Um, yeah, you don't like crowds, do you? I don't. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of crowds. I'm not a big fan of crowds or shitty movies like Catwoman. <laughs> um, nice segue. Wait, so wait, I would happily watch No Holds Barred again over and over before I watch Catwoman because it's pretty tough. I love how bad No Holds Barred is. 
I can watch that over and over because I know what I'm going to get. And even it, like it makes me laugh. I get some entertainment out of I hate it when you're hurt <laughs> or scared. <laughs> like to hear to hear Hulk Hogan deliver horrible dialogue. Dookie. Like I would rather do that. All right, uh, fair enough. Um, it still wasn't enjoyable, but um, yeah, neither is this film. I, I, I don't want to see either of them again. No. Could not recommend this. Could, in fact, I wish that there was a way that I could go back in time. Can you unsee and this? unsee this movie? <laughs> the two times I've apparently watched it. Um, all right, so what did Catwoman do right? Again, I, I think the casting of Halle Berry isn't bad. Uh, I, I, she... She's at her best when she's playing that Patience Philip character. Uh-huh. When you're kind of, she's she is a very weak female character though. She's just kind of waiting to be rescued. And yeah, she's and she's the hero. It's one thing. <laughs> she's it's, waiting to be rescued. One, and she's the hero. It's one thing to be an underdog. It's another thing to like be, be a loser. And she's just this side of being a loser. The like, losers. She can't walk. Petunias. Up, she can't <laughs> yeah, go petunias. She can't walk up a flight of stairs without running into every single fucking man that like you know. Oh yeah. Did you notice that she's got her paper. Are flying oh, yeah. everywhere. It's like, bitch, look up. Running into everything. Mm-hmm. No, I, I hear you. Playing that a little too heavy. And again, not really her fault. She did what she was asked to do. She, and she knows, everybody knew during the making of this film that, that it was shit, that it was just a uh, paycheck. Yeah. Um, and yet, uh, it still got made. Still got seen by these eyes now. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Um, all right. So, what did Catwoman do right? Did you say what it did right? Uh, no, I didn't. Okay. Uh, you know what? When she first gets her Catwoman powers and she goes out on the town, and it, that first scene, that scene in the in the jewelry store, I liked it. That's not bad. I liked that scene. And if that was like, I thought maybe if that was the mission statement for what we were about to get for the rest of the film, that she's like a crime fighter, she decides to start fighting crime or whatever. Nope. To, no, she doesn't. She really isn't a crime fighter. Like that is the only time she thwarts a crime. But then it was she steals yeah. all the jewels anyway. She was going there but to then returns the mask. Yeah. Oh yeah. Why would you to just take the fucking mask with you? But that sequence <laughs> I liked. I liked her costume. I liked the mask. I liked how everything looked. That was beautiful. There is one like POV shot as she's climbing around the walls. It's like a camera is mounted. You know how how they do in like reality TV shows, yeah. competition shows sometimes, where they'll mount like a GoPro camera to somebody's shoulders, but it's out extended in front of them, pointed yeah. back at them. Uh-huh. So as they're moving and running, their head is stationary, and the, and it's the rest of the world that's moving around yeah. them. They do that. I don't like that. Just once. You didn't like that no, shot. I don't huh? like those shots. Interesting. Not a big fan of that. Uh, what did Catwoman do wrong? Uh, so many things. Almost everything. But I think its biggest sin is masquerading. Huh? As <laughs> I like when you impress yourself. It, well, it dawned on me as I was huh? using the word. <laughs> you, you like? <laughs> this sauce is good. Huh? Um, you like the juice? Masquerading as uh, a female empowerment uh, vehicle. Yeah. When really, it's just it's over-sexualizing and it's oversimplifying the motives of women. And basically, Sharon Stone sh- could have been a sympathetic character, mm-hmm. maybe just making some bad choices. But she's just as evil, if not more so, than the male villain. Yeah, uh, there was no reason to do that. It was, the, and, the and film, everybody's be, sorry to interrupt. No, go and ahead. everybody's waiting to be rescued by a man or looking absolutely. for one. Yeah, absolutely. Even the men, <laughs> even Benjamin Brad, I think, is waiting to be rescued by a dude from this film. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I think that this is an irresponsible film. Uh, that it had the chance, it had the opportunity to actually be like a female empowerment kind of story. Mm-hmm. Um. 
and not just that. Not and you know, I don't want to be that dude that's judging a, a movie because it wasn't you know it didn't stick to a female empowerment kind of thing. But that's what it was trying to do. It's what it's trying to do. It failed at that. But then also, it just failed at making a competent superhero film. It doesn't take much to do a pretty good comic book movie. There's a simple like. There's a simple formula that you need to stick to, and you could have made a competent, good, not great, but a good superhero film. You could have done it. You had the pieces in place. You had competent enough actors. You had competent enough uh, cinematography, I guess. Like, it mm. it, it didn't look... I really no, hated the way this flat. film looked. It's pretty flat, especially like the when we started recording and there was the two shot of Benjamin Brett and Halle Berry, and yeah. it's so flat and ugly. But the problem is, it's either like super extreme wide angle lens, yeah, a la the basketball, or in scene, your fucking nostrils, or exactly extreme close ups. Yeah, I guess I'd kill for a medium shot. I guess I'm wrong there. Like I, I just I well, feel no, like it, you're right. It's still flat. It's so, but it it just feels like they they could have made a decent film with what they had. They could have made a decent film, fucking hundred million dollars. Instead, they they just shit the bed, and it's really disappointing. <laughs> uh, but yeah, at, at the heart of it, you do you ha- you've got like this very really irresponsible. Like, why did we do that? Why did we have two women when it's so important that you know that that women lift each other up. And it could have been a really special story about like how they lift each other up and they fight this dude. She saves it him, have been saves a, her from the guy. It should have been a female cop. Yeah, like they should have gotten rid of the love story, and it should have been the female cop. And somehow, like they they become friends. Agreed. Yeah, and then but she slowly like the, discovering like a female Commissioner Gordon kind of thing. Exactly to her Batman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's and in a the good end, idea. She still decides that oh, the greater good is. Uh, yeah, you know, I like that. Um, all wow. right. If we were going to remake Catwoman today, oh lord, uh, fourteen years later, mm-hmm. how would we do that? I have recast five actors. I have six. You, you probably did the crazy cat lady. Yeah, Ophelia, Ophelia Powers. I did not do Ophelia. Yeah, man. I'll come up with something real quick. All right. Uh, so Ophelia Powers, she's the old Catwoman mm-hmm. or Cat Lady who uh, kind of realizes that these cats imbue powers on people or whatever. She knows. Um, I. Uh, I went with someone else from one of the Matrix movies. Oh. She played the Merovingian's wife. I went with Monica Bellucci oh, as Ophelia. Oh, I like that. That's great. Yeah. I feel like that was kind of what was missing with that character. We've already, through the, the credit sequence, mm-hmm. we built up the fact that these cats are mystical and they come from, like, you know... The, they're magical they're and from mystical. Egypt and all this shit. No, but I'm just saying, like, someone who's, who's like, European and, like, has that, that air about them and that... that it, that exotic kind of presence, mm, like, like Monica Bellucci, would probably complement the fact that she has these cats and understands the powers that they possess. I like that. I'm going to go uh, Maggie Smith. Maggie Smith is good. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Professor McGonagall. Top of my head. All right. Yeah. So where do you want to go first? She turns into a cat in those Harry Potter she films. She fucking does. There you go. Good job. That's man. what I meant. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with... Thackeray Binks from Hocus Pocus. Is that his that's name? Great. I think that's his Ooh, name. Bette Miller would have been good, too. I put a spell on you. Yeah. Better female empowerment story than Catwoman was yes. Hocus Pocus. Yes, I agree. Uh, all right, Sally. Uh, Speaking of passing the Bechdel test, <laughs> if cock is in every other word that comes out of her mouth... She is just boy crazy. Uh, I went with, um, we're just going to play up the laughs. She's totally a sidekick character there Uh for a comedic effect. Uh, And who can do that better than Rebel Wilson from the Pitch Perfect movies? No way. Rebel Wilson. as well? Rebel Wilson. Wouldn't she be great? Yeah, she'd be great. Mm -hmm. So what's she going to (laughs) wear? You should see my doctor. I don't know. Yeah. That's pretty good. That that would be, uh, that's mine as well. I've got Rebel Wilson. Fat Amy. Who do you have next? 
Uh, let's do the uh, the George George Hedare Hedare. All right. Uh, I got to give credit to uh, Jenna, who oh, again God. came up. with I roll. Of these. Uh, I, I had a couple of them, but she came up with a Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh, that's in good. that role. Uh, I went with Stanley Tucci. Ooh, also yeah, good. Since yeah. This is like a weird Devil Wears Prada, but <laughs> in Gotham City. Ooh, yeah, Stanley Tucci. Did you do Meryl? Well, I'll I did you. not. All right, that no. would have been good. Meryl Streep is the Sharon Stone character. No, I went. I went another way because he's supposed to be this womanizer. Mm-hmm. He obviously goes for younger girls woman, until they get to a certain age, woman. and then he drops them and That's goes right. for somebody else. A new model. So uh, Adrina or Angina. Do you, want, do you want to do Laurel Hedare first, or do you want to go Tom Lone? <laughs> Which one Officer was, Tom? Oh, Lowe. is that the Benjamin Brad character? Yeah, Benjamin Brad. Let's do Sharon Stone. Hi, I'm Benjamin Brad. <laughs> Let's do Sharon Stone. Benjamin Brad, worst. Oh. Just the worst. <laughs> nice. Uh, all right, so Laurel Hedare. Uh-huh. Uh, my Laurel Hedare, played by Lady Gaga. Oh, interesting. So she's the wife of uh, Stanley of Tucci. Stanley Tucci. All right, fair enough. Yeah, that, she's that. she was at one point his young trophy wife, and now she's... You know, she's probably in her, her, what, mid to late 30s? Yeah, she's on the edge of glory. She's on the edge of glory. <laughs> I, she lived for the applause. She, she said, but now her poker face is starting to wear thin. <laughs> <laughs> she's become a little monster. Uh, <laughs> That's a recipe for a bad romance oh, right there. Oh, there you go. <laughs> oh, you rounded it out. Nailed it. Wow. That may be the best thing you've ever done. This This has been the last episode of The Editing Bay. Because I now have to die. It doesn't get better than that. I went with uh, Charlie's Thrall. Oh, that's good, man. Mm-hmm. That's really, that's solid. Jenna, Jenna came up with that. That's a good one, Jenna. Yeah. I should be doing this podcast with I you. I came up with the next one, though. Uh, for my Benjamin Brett character, yeah. my Tom Lo- Tom Lone. Tom Lone. Is that like a Han Solo sort of? <laughs> yes, play? I think so. That's awful. I think it is. It's really bad. And what is pa- Patience Phillips? Patience. It's Phillips. like a Guns and Roses and Wilson Phillips cover Just band. Just a little patience. Yeah. Yeah. I tonight. Just trying to get it right. Beautiful. I went with Joseph. Jo- Joseph Gordon. Joseph Levitt. Gordon Levitt. Jogo Lev. Is he reprising his cop role from uh, The Dark Knight Rises? Uh, oh yeah, he could be. There or you his go. Robin, not he's, Robin. He's not Robin. Throbin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Throbin. Robin. I went with Dominic Cooper, who uh, plays Preacher on AMC's Preacher. Oh, very he good. He's also in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Played young Howard Stark. In Captain America? He did, didn't he? Yeah, yeah he I like sure that did. guy. That's a good yeah, pull. Yeah, he's a good actor. Looks like him, too. Yep. Uh, and then so that leaves us Patience Phillips, Catwoman. Halle Berry. Played by Zoe Kravitz. Oh, nice. Good look. I could see the two of them together. Yeah. I went with uh, Tessa Thompson. Tessa Thompson's of good, man. Horror fame. And, you know what? That's uh, better. Lots of other things. That's well, way better. Guess who she came up in, with that? She was in Annihilation. Is she, oh, Have right. you watched Annihilation She's in yet? No, no, but we're God very close. damn you. We're very close, Joe. You really want to talk about that? (laughs) That's the score. I'm sorry. Uh Oh, it's the score. It's one of those. Yeah, it's one of those things. Who's directing yours? Uh, mm, Don't have a director here. Matthew Vaughn. That's good. That's really good. He did uh, magic with the X Men when the X Men started to hit rock bottom. Let's get Matthew Vaughn in there. Do first class. I like it a lot, Uh, guys. If you have any ideas about how you would recast Catwoman, or if you have thoughts about the movie in general, if you'd like to defend it, or if there's (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Joel straight up chuckles at <laughs> Don't even bother. This movie's you indefensible. Laugh, you laugh like Flula from uh, like from Pitch Perfect 2. 
ha. Um, yeah, if you want to talk about it, if you got something that uh, we didn't talk about, uh, that we forgot to mention, that we glossed over, uh, let us know about it. Talk back to us on our Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash editingbay in the search bar. You can put in Editing Bay. Look for that woman with the bleeding eyes. Click on that image, and that's how you find us and where you can talk back to us. Nice. We've got ideas for movies we could talk about in the future. Um, we've also got a website, right, Joel? We sure do. It is not the Edit Bay. It is not the Editing Bay. It's editingbay.com. Please go there, bookmark it. Anytime you need to know anything about the editing bay, you want to know a little bio, a little background about us, you can find out about it there. See what we actually look like in person. We're hideous. Stay away. Uh, you can find a uh, link to our archive section where all of our past episodes. Uh, if you're following the feed, you'll notice that uh, we ran a little rerun this week. That's right. Uh, back because of the uh, the 30th anniversary and by popular dun, dun, demand. Dun, dun. When we did uh, Big Trouble in Little China. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, wait. I was doing the Escape from New York music. That was just another <laughs> John Carpenter favorite, but uh, not this one. But um, we had done that way long uh, ago. And uh, as you know, you can only get our most recent 100 episodes. Our so we had feed. to sh- shake the pillars of hell Shuffle or heaven to the top to, to get that episode. And... So enjoy that now. Yeah. Um, and also, uh, what else? All that and more on editingbay.com. Guys, please leave us a rating and review on your podcasting app on your Apple device. Uh, if you have a Android, um, first of all. Like C-3PO? Y- yes. <laughs> Where could he be? <laughs> 3PO. 3PO. Uh, yeah, you could use your uh, podcast addict or podcast republic apps to subscribe to us through iTunes. Uh, using those applications. Uh, all right, so what's next? What are we going to do next week? Well, Joe, you had mentioned that uh, news came out about uh, Robert Redford. He's uh, one of our, one of the greatest actors of all time yeah. and has announced that the film that is coming... What is the film that's coming out? I don't know. There's a name. I'll have to look that up. But uh, he's announced it will be his last film. He's retiring from acting, pulling a Sean Connery. He's going out while he's on top <laughs> because he learned from the mistakes. I would say mistakes. that the, the career trajectories of both of those men... <laughs> Way, way dramatically different. That's true. But uh, Robert Redford was not in a Highlander film. Nor was he the voice of a dragon. That's right. He was in the best Captain America movie. Oh, God. Yeah, he yeah. was. Oh, really? You're calling that the best one, huh? Uh, dude, Winter Soldier? It's the best Captain America film. I, I think I have to agree with you. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. All is Lost. That was the most recent one. Yeah. Well, a River Runs Through It. He there directed you go. that one. We all know it. Uh, the Sting, one of my favorite films. The Sting. But I think. Score by Marvin Hamlish. So, yeah. So, in honor of his retiring, we could pick from any number of films, but you had a good idea. And it's one that's been on the list for a while. It's one of my favorite films. Sounds like it's one of your favorite films. Uh, and I'm not sure that all of our audience has heard of it before. One of the few decent Dan Aykroyd performances. I agree. Yeah. Where he's not playing uh, a Ghostbuster. Featuring uh, the late River Phoenix. Also Sidney Poitier. They call me Mr. Tibbs. James Earl Jones. Mary McCormick from Mary McCormick uh, Dances with this. Wolves. Jason... Uh, not no, yeah, no, it's, it's uh, uh, Jason Strahan. Jason Strahan, there you go. And then, uh, oh God, who's the, who's the villain? It's fucking... Uh, from Schindler's List. <laughs> Ray Fiennes? No. <laughs> Ray Fiennes is in this? Oh, fucking, I'm going to Schindler's List. Why is it not showing up? You know, the guy with the... <laughs> the guy with the, what? The nose? Is that what you're about to say? <laughs> no. The guy with the nose? Ben Kingsley. Ben Kingsley? Ben Kingsley's in this. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Not this time. Not this fucking time. Not this time. Not this fucking time. No, 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 no. Do you know that? It's from, what is that movie called? 
Sexy Beast. There you go. Thank you. That yes. is a fucking great movie, guys. If you ever get the chance, check out that movie. Ben Kingsley is a... For- I'm going to put it like this. Okay. Ben Kingsley, there's, there are two performances that I think are like forces of fucking nature mm. that you may not have seen. This is, a, I mean, this is beyond like the stuff that you've seen that's mainstream. This is like shit that you may not, it may not be on your radar. I would say check out Ben Kingsley in Sexy Beast, mm-hmm. and I would say check out Ray Fiennes in In Bruges, because they oh, are yeah. both... In those fucking, they are fucking outstanding in and those. Both movies. in Schindler's List, yeah, and both in Schindler's List. But that is not the Which Robert is Redford. Movie. Also, a pretty good movie, I guess. <laughs> That's okay. Drew's still out on that one. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I'm. I'm surprised he didn't take any characters from that and put them in Ready Player One. <laughs> oh god! Oh my god! Can you imagine? Just like Voltron and Oscar Schindler, and Oscar Schindler fighting in the same battlefield. <laughs> As like a bunch of people get like crushed by the Iron Giant, and there's Oscar Schindler going, "I could have saved I'm one not more." Going to let you go, <laughs> I could have saved one more. Save them all. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! All right, I take it back. That is one of the funniest things you just said. <laughs> we need to have this. Ready Player One. <laughs> so, Just, did you even say the name of the show? No, I haven't yet. No, I'm thinking of like all the inappropriate movie characters that we could have. <laughs> the color purple. Seely <laughs> from the color purple. It's Jingle and Jane. <laughs> oh my god. Who's the guy from Deliverance? <laughs> I'm just thinking of Spielberg movies, man. Yeah, oh, that'll work. I didn't need color purple. Uh, uh, oh, Jesus, Munich. <laughs> She's just a little girl on a phone. Hello? Oh, no. Hello? Oh, no. Oh, that's good stuff. Wow. So what movie are we doing? <laughs> this is your pick. No, it's uh, your pick. It's not my pick. This was my pick. Catwoman okay, was my pick. Okay, well, you suggested it. I, I think suggested we both agreed. We're going to talk about sneakers. It's a tie. Sneakers uh, yeah. from 1998 or so. I haven't checked to see if it's on any of the streaming services yet. But, uh, it doesn't matter. You should own this film. Yeah, it's, this is this is fun. I think uh, this is a movie that's one of those forgotten gems. People don't really talk about it anymore. So I'm excited to uh, to discuss that 1992. on the podcast. 1992. Jesus. How about that? Wow. How about that? I was just starting high school. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I was a yeah sophomore. Wow. How about that? No. Freshman. You're right. Freshman year. I don't yeah. want to graduate. We're the same age. <laughs> you may have forgotten. Well, we may have, I, I may have done uh, more years of high school. Maybe, maybe you skipped a year. It's not true. Who knows? No. Um, all right, guys. So uh, yes. check that out. Try to find it. Sneakers. You'll love it. For next week. Jeff, thank you very much. Yeah. Joel, always a pleasure. Pleasure's all mine. Guys, we'll catch you next week. Thanks. You've been listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. That's fucking gold.